0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Voices of Construction. This is your host, Noah Baker, back at it again with another episode. Uh, This week, we actually have Tomer, who is the co-founder and CEO of LightX, an amazing company really changing the way we look at how to lay out your project, how to really execute things and, and save time, energy, and frustration on the job. Tomer and I... Talked about a lot of different things from how we adopt technology, the responsibility that technology companies have in changing the marketplace. But one of my favorite parts about this is is his understanding on how the things we're doing really affect a person's day. They go get to see their kids, if they're less frustrated at work. And and really, I believe that's his mission um, at a grassroots level. Really great conversation. The company uh, was starting in Tel Aviv in Israel, and we, we talk about the, the construction culture there and, and his life with it. But just enjoy this one. Great guy. You'll love to listen to it. I give you the episode with Tomer. Thanks so much. Hey, Tomer. Thanks for, for jumping on today. How are you? Great.
1: No, how are you? Hope everything doing is well. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's good. I'm actually located in St. Augustine, Florida right now. Um, so I've been working from home from the Atlantic Ocean for the past three and a half weeks. Uh, so life isn't terrible, um, but it's coming to an end soon and going back to Boston. But um, I, again, I wanted to thank you for kind of jumping on today. I know we, we got connected because of Um, your innovations in construction technology and and all of that. And and we will take some time to to speak about that. But I would love to begin with just your story. Uh, What kind of got you into construction early in life? Um, How you ended up where you are now? And we can go from there.
1: Okay, so um, I actually started um, more on the technology side uh, as an electrical engineer. Um I've learned four years uh, in Tel Aviv University, worked for some big names like uh Sundisk Intel. Um and then about five years ago, um me and uh, uh two of my uh, best friends we just uh, thought about changing something in an old industry. Okay, that that was like we told ourselves, okay, so we want to do some change, but let's go for an old industry. Let's find something that haven't been touched. Let's find a, like a blue ocean. Um, and we came to construction, started the investigating, found out that all the, let, let's say design and software world of, of, or all the digital software world of, of the uh, construction. It's very advanced. You have like you have Procore over there, you have Autodesk, you have others. Uh, but then all this digital modeling, Beam, uh, digital design, all this advanced technology doesn't go. All this data doesn't go um, or reach the site in the right way. So you have all this digital world, and then you just print a 2D plan and give it to the worker and he uses a measure tape and a chalk line and puts it to the ground so word all of this data disappear so we, we we understood that there is some kind of gap over there we didn't know how big it is and and we were thinking of solutions so after a while we we came up with a Few, uh, few solutions, um, we approached uh, some of our friends that were uh, that were not electrical engineers, they were civil engineers, and they liked it very much. The, their first sentence was, uh, I, I want to join you, I want to join you, uh, it's a game changer. So we understood that we are onto something, and we just started... Uh, like um, building the, or, or visioning the, the, the product and how it will look like, what will be the functions. Uh, we talked to lots of contractors here in Tel Aviv, and we we thought that we let's say came to some kind of a solution. Okay, we just uh, the the solution was was projecting laser like we're doing today. But we were thinking of using um, a technology that will be about one inch accurate, and many of the contractors here in Israel they are okay with this number. Okay, for interior construction, the law here uh, permits up to one to two percent of deviation for interior walls and uh, in in most places. So we. Was okay, and we started thinking about the technology and the design and everything. <clears throat> and um, later on, we, we were uh, invited to a show in in uh, in, in the UK. We have built some kind of a prototype, and we uh, arrived with a, with a prototype to the show. It was very successful. You know, everybody likes uh, lasers. Uh, after the Every, show, got,
0: lasers. That's that's a fact that it, you had that going for you.
1: Yeah, and and it's you know very visual, very nice. Um, everybody says oh, great idea, great idea, uh, and we were thinking, okay, we we are uh, will be successful. Everybody likes it, okay, and we started getting invitation from construction companies in UK. Um, like the the biggest ones, okay, and we were visiting them on sites showing like the the our first prototype and talking to them about uh, about the product, about uh, the range, the accuracy, and we started. We came to the first company and they 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 told us, okay, we need two millimeters of accuracy. One eighth of an inch. We were targeting one inch, so I, I was telling my friend, "Oh, they, they, they must—it must be like a special site. They need one like one eighth of an inch. It's—it's it's, must be something special." And they were talking about this and that, and we we understood by the second or third site that we visited that the thing that we imagined is is. Okay. The basic, let's say the basic vision of of, uh, laser projection was okay, but all the rest was not. Okay. And so range, accuracy, way of using it, uh, way of using the plans, everything was not correct because we based it on a different market. Okay. And so we understood we have to go like to the biggest markets, most advanced market, So it's the UK market, it's the French market, it's the US market uh, for uh, construction. Um, so we, we we have started an, like an investigation to get like a product fit to understand what, what do we need to design. Okay. Um, so this was like our first steps, um, going from side to side, trying to understand. And trying to come up with with a good solution.
0: Yeah, so so there's a couple of things. Um, one, I think it might be beneficial to our listeners for for you to give a brief ex, uh, explanation of the technology. Um, it's it's amazingly cool, and everybody does love lasers. But if if you wouldn't mind just going a, a little deeper into what you've what you've created now and what is the the offering to the kind of the general public as of right now?
1: Yeah, so we have introduced, um, let's say the next generation of construction layout. We actually take uh, DWG plans or CAD plans, and we laser project them uh, very accurately, full scale, on any surface on the construction site. So we can take, let's say interior drywalls uh, CAD plan, Uploaded to our system, that our system or our device looks like, by the way, like like a robotic total station. But instead of just projecting one point, we project the full layout. That means that we project lines, circles, serpentines, uh, letters, signs. Everything you have on the DWG gets projected full scale, accurate, on the floor, on the ceiling or on the walls. The device can also do 3D scanning and other features, but the main special features is this uh, um, laser projected layout.
0: Awesome. Yeah, and and one thing that you mentioned early on that, that here at Touch Plan, we we deal a great bit, uh, a great amount with, and and it's always the struggle with construction technology. And and I, I feel that there's there's a ton of technologies that deal with one side. And there's a ton that deal with the, the other. And really, how I refer to it is the the comparison between the office and the field. Um, and and how important it is to create a bridge between the two with a technology that both can use. Can you? Talk to me, where where did you start seeing that disconnect? Was it when you were working in the field? And let's talk a little about the the importance of tying those two together because without it, right, both are still siloed. If you have technology that you're using in the field that doesn't connect with the office, that's great. You're both using technology that's saving you administrative time or whatever it may be, but without that connection, there is really kind of no innovation and growth between the two, right? They stick to the way they do things. I would love to hear a little more about your experience, kind of whether it was researching how to make that connection, whether it was um, the importance of it from interviews or from from data that you collected before you kind of created your product. But let's kind of talk about that a little bit.
1: Okay, so um, most of our... um, Data was was based on first research that we've done before we designed our product, but now um, after like two about one or two years in the market, we we have more let's say impressions fr- from from what happening what actually happening uh, on site and, and like uh, let's say feedbacks from from uh, construction workers uh, about these issue of, of or this gap between the office and the field. So I'll just give you an example. Let's say that you, you get to a site and you you just want to, uh, let's say, start doing your layout, okay? And you, you're searching for somewhere to start, okay? Let's say... Um, you need some kind of a control point or a grid line to start your layout, okay? But sometimes, you know, you don't have it. You don't have it, and you need to base yourself uh, on, let's say, existing conditions, okay? And let's say that that it uh, you are dealing with, uh, let's say, an advent, uh, uh, let, let's say a technology-oriented VC, and he did some 3D scanning of the floor. Um, But lots of time, this scanning does not go back to the uh, plans, and the cut plans does not reflect what happens on the scanning, so you start working with a plan that is not like the as-built, although you have the data somewhere, but it's not reflected back to the site. Okay? Uh, In many cases, you don't have control points or grid lines, uh, being put by the GC, everybody is on on his own. Like every sub is on his own. Start trying to understand the environment, um, but they have the plans, right? But the plans doesn't have. It's 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 2D plans. They don't have all the data. Um, they are most of the time they are not uh, updated uh, with the relevant data and they just start building off a plan which which is not right so this is like the first problem okay the, the data is not reflecting the real situation the data is not right the revision is not right this is one issue second issue is trying to even if the data is okay trying to get it to the site is is harder than you than you think because you need to Understand the plan. You need to understand where to measure from. You need to understand. Uh, drywall guy needs to understand everything uh, about the layout, like the size, uh, uh, how many layers of of, uh, of boards. Uh, wh- what is the distance between this line? Can this corner be uh, in this way or not? So there are lots of like small things he needs to understand because he doesn't have. The data uh, that reflects it usually he only gets the framing line. He he, he needs to like um, look up for the data. He has like this, you know, uh, blueprints like 100 pages of this huge blueprints pr- uh, that possess all the data, and and he starts looking for the data. It takes time. He has mistakes. He needs to be very very um, let's say good at his work in order to do it on time without errors, okay? So there is some bridge missing. If if you're looking at other industries, let's say you're looking at at CNC. CNC is uh, a technology used, let's say, to uh, take cut plans and produce, let's say, some metal part, okay? So the machine gets the cut plan but then all the process is digital. Like the cut lens go, goes to some um, machine that is doing something, okay? So all the flow is automated and digital. In the construction, the, the, the digital flow stops in the office, okay? And we just wanted it to go one step further, okay? Get it to the field. There, there are no, no robots yet doing the work, but it's another step forward from the office to the field
0: yeah no I, I i love the the kind of statement that the the data stops in the office and we we see that with i would say the the majority of innovation in the industry is really trying to make that tie and and save what what I kind of refer to as the the grassroots value of a product is the person installing whatever it may be the framing drywall, whatever um, is saving them time from the two hours off of tools to look through the blueprints to try to figure it out to make seven phone calls to see if it's changed. And that is one of the largest things where I'm sure when you when you work in the office and when we work here at Touchplan, we have shared files that every time something is updated it it reflects, right? Nice. If if my job, wow. if I tried to do my job here at Touchplan and I was dealing with a a a plan or a project management tool or anything, a document that was updated yesterday, but I still had the version from two weeks ago how frustrating it is in that grassroots level in the worker level, right? I I spend three hours updating a document. Meanwhile, it's completely wrong, right? That, that is one thing that when I first got into the industry, really blew my mind about how how dated that that data update was where we have people spending 10s of hours on something and they're not; they don't have the information to do it correct. It's not that they're poor at their jobs, right? It's not that they're bad at what yeah. they're doing. They simply don't have the information to do it correctly or the way that it was planned to do, drawn to do. Um, another thing that I that I heard from you um, is really just where where do we focus this data on? And when you think about your product, you know, you, the the way you speak about it is getting the data, updating the data and making sure the job is done right. And there's so many different effects that can have on a job site, whether it's safety, time management, revenue, return on investment, so on and so forth. But also we find that our industry has been, the, the, the professionals in our industry have been dealing with these headaches for so long that they're very used to them. But once they don't have them anymore, their quality of life and their work-life balance and the way that they enjoy their job, they stay employed and they do the the work well, goes up dramatically. Have you heard any of those stories where it's like, I just thought this was kind of the norm, but now I see that I can focus on this. I can improve the way I do things in this way. I can, I can get home to my kids a little earlier and, and tell me a little about the, the individual stories that you hear.
1: So, so we we had like a a nice job that we did in Tulsa. It was uh, in the BOK building. BOK building is uh, like a forty-five story building, and we had like a, we did uh, uh, two floors over there, and we um, we had also uh, a, like a traditional layout crew coming to uh, see the layout and try using the, the technology. So we, have, we we showed them how to use our device. We trained them. They started uh, doing the layout. And, you know, I started asking them, uh, what do you think about the productivity? What do you think about the speed, the accuracy? And everything was, they told me, okay, it's very fast. It's, it's very accurate. But, but I, knew, I knew all of that. I just wanted to reassure myself. So, so I w- was asking again and again. But then the guy came to me and told me, you know, you know, what is the best thing about about using this technology? So I was asking, um, yeah, well, what, what do you think? So he told me I didn't get mad today. I didn't want to break anything, so Actually, this guy, in many cases, had to do his layout many times, fix things, uh, go and bring the new plan, uh, you know, move the layout, doing it again and again, and here he just had, like, easy way to do a good quality layout in a much shorter time, and and he was very relaxed. He, He didn't get mad. So for him, this was, like, the strongest point. And and we we saw it also with others.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't I can't not get frustrated building an IKEA cabinet, more or less, an entire layout in a forty story building. Um, I think I think that's something that you know, as we as we talk about it, and a lot of technology, and it's it, and this is why you and I are speaking, and and how we like to look at things at TouchPlan is like. Are we asking the right questions i feel that technology companies we can get a little siloed in in our own head like we know the problem we're going to make the best solution we're going to make the best solution and and we have all this value but when we start implementing that tool the value that it actually brings the industry is far different than we thought it was and and if you don't take that into account and kind of readjust and and see those those di- different value propositions it's it's very hard to be successful right so how have you how have you kind of adjusted the way that you guys do things whether it's listening to clients or or your your technology roadmap or your improvements how do you readjust yourselves from that feedback and from you know, can we make it even easier to use? Can we make the tripod easier to set up so at six in the morning he's not angry at at the little button on the tripod, you know? Like all of those different things. How have you guys kind of readjusted, navigated since you've been in business to the general public?
1: So I would say we we listen to our customers uh, plus some, you know, brainstorming inside. So we take the feedbacks, we, we we get all the feedbacks, we sit together and we, we try to think of those uh, features or, or those product changes that will bring best value to our customers. And they will bring our customers to, um, let's say to a, a better usage, Easier usage uh, and longer usage, or, or better utilization of the device. Okay, so on the way, we had like many many uh, changes that we have done. Like beginning of this conversation, I just talked about the accuracy. So we were thinking one inch. We have came and we we have been, did we did like a complete design change to. Um, Support one eighth of an inch because this is the industry standard in uh, in Europe and in the U.S. So, um, for example, uh, the way uh, uh, I've understood that that lots of lots of technology doesn't get used before because it's e- because the technology is good but it's not very easy to use. Okay, so our first app. Was kind of complicated to use. You, you had to understand the device, you had to understand the way it operates. You had to understand many things. And although the device itself is simple, the app wasn't so simple. And we got more and more feedbacks from clients, but also from from our use, um, our workers that were using the device on site and they were writing, okay, this this is very complicated. This takes time. This, and we started mapping all those pain points of using the device, and, and we we tried, um, let's say, to adjust and do the uh, the application or the the interface to be uh, as easy as possible, and. You know, not supporting all the features that customer want wanted, but those features that can really help him, and and to keep it simple, to keep it simple and and to keep it without like I don't want like to open the app and and have like 100 options. I want to have three or four options that are that, that can cover about 80% of of his needs. Okay, so not 100% but 80% of, of the of our customer needs. But still keep it simple, keep it robust. Keep it um, let's say if I can train him within two hours, so so this is so I'm I'm successful. So
0: yeah, I I think that's that's a really delicate line in construction technology. And and I see it because because this idea is so new, right? Where there weren't a ton of technologies in construction ten years ago. There weren't there's there's other industries that are more mature and have solidified what product does what and and how they use it in their technology stack um and the reaction to that and i'd love to hear your kind of feedback on this the reaction to that is you find that a lot of companies are trying to do everything right and that you'll probably hear that all the time what do you integrate with i just want a one-stop shop i want to do everything in one place and the industry has heard that and there are companies that go, okay, we need to try to do everything. They wanna do everything in one place, let's do everything. And what I've found, and I'd love to hear your feedback, like I said, is that when you try to do everything, you don't do any of those things really well. And you know, we're we're talking and because we're kind of open to a technology stacks that integrates with each other, but not one product that does everything. Do you find that that's one the feedback that you get? Like, I want this to integrate with my BIM model. I want to integrate it with my my master schedule. I want when installation. I want the data feedback so everything is integrated. Like everybody loves the word <laughs> and dashboard as well, um, and and have all of that in one place. And how do you how do you approach that conversation? Because I find it hard to say. Yeah. But in, in two years, we could probably create everything you want, but it's not going to be easy to use. Therefore your trade contractors won't adopt it. Therefore you won't use it. And therefore the value won't be there as well. And that's kind of telling someone like you can't have what you want, but I know a little more and you never want to be in that position. So how do you navigate that and where do you see the industry going in terms of that need of that one-stop shop?
1: Okay. So right now, so this needs comes from from um, I think from what we are seeing currently is that you have like hundreds of, of of technologies or apps that each technology has like its its segment and is trying to to get more and more and more uh, wider in its scope. So, but again, if you are trying to do a product that is too wide. So it will either be very complicated or it will take a long time to design it. And as a startup company, you can just die just because you don't have a product in the market uh, fast, okay? So for for from our perspective, we need the product in the market fast, so we cannot cover everything. From the user persp- perspective, the user would like to have a simple interface, a robust interface, and not something very complicated. So usually that means that you can cannot do a good job if you try to, let's say, to control everything. If you if you try to be compatible with everything. So many times I, I, I'm being asked if we if we can. Uh, Right now, we are using uh, 2D cut plans, okay? So, we are using, uh, let's say, DWG format. So, uh, I'm I'm being asked over and over again, uh, when are we going to use, let's say, 3D models directly from the Revit, okay? So, we tell them, this is very nice, yeah, it has lots of values, but it's also very complicated, okay? Because once you you get, like, to 3D models, that means that you have um, very, very heavy files, uh, lots, you need lots of computing power for that, uh, you need, um, expensive software, software is just to use that, uh, uh, just in order to bring the data to your, uh, uh, device. So even though it has some value, I I would say that 80% of the value can be uh, caught within uh, 2D uh, CAD formats. So the other 20, we'll leave it for now until we'll find, a, a, let's say, a simple way uh, to do it. Maybe the, 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 the let's say, the, the technology will get more advanced in the design side or in the CPU or hardware side. Uh, maybe in a year or two we'll have enough uh, Uh, these uh, uh, software engineers that they will be able to do something very uh, simple and small, okay? But right now, I would like to do do it simple and to do it in a way that most of the workers will love it. Most of them, but not all of them.
0: Yeah, and that, that just comes back to our office in the field. Right, it, it comes back to the idea of, of of garbage in, garbage out as well. If it's complicated to use, if they don't want to use it right, if it takes too much time, the data that you're getting from site is probably not correct, or it comes in at a at a at a slower pace. Therefore, the value is not there for the office in the continuous learning across multiple projects and things of that nature, and. Again, I think this comes, it's very interesting from, from my experience, because I've worked in SaaS my entire life uh, on the sales side, on product side. And it is always that delicate balance of the needs of a client, the, the cost of development, of course, but also the why behind it all and to convince someone who is spending money on on a product that you don't need this because is a hard conversation to have um and i think the really successful um you know innovations out there have been able to get that across and really have that that single tool like you said in the market that works and always works and it works easy and and things of that nature um, I kind of want to
1: switch, just, go ahead. I would just say two more, uh, sentences. So it's, it's also about the user that l- like the, the, most of the users of, of our technology right now are using measuring tapes and the jump, let's say from a measuring tape to a technology, to something, which is like, uh, very far away or, or, or just like, we don't want to make this jump too steep. Okay. Or, 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 or too high so let's say it's just like um in, in the phone industry or, or or cellular industry so first you had like those cellulars which which were you know you only had the numbers and you can dial in and and, and 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 call but then you get a screen and then you get the ability to use a wi-fi etc so it's getting there but it's we better do the like smaller jumps
0: yeah no, it's interesting it, does that, does that make kind of these technology companies have more responsibility as like the shepherds of growth, right? It's like, let's not jump all the way forward. Let us yeah. navigate the the path forward. So people really do adopt things. Um, yeah. Like for instance, you said the the cell phone analogy in the sense that I know how open I was to like a star tech right the 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 first flip yeah. phone because it was yeah. cool but like if i had been shown an iphone at that time it would have been like no way man this is like creepy or i don't know how to use this this is crazy and yeah. and it's really interesting to have the conversation around how fast technology can progress in the acceptance rate of the different kind of check boxes and yeah. speed bumps and how we're almost responsible for bringing people along that road instead of teleporting to the end product, where even though it might be able to exist, it still won't be adopted and acknowledged in the way that will make it useful and really valuable. Um, That's a conversation we have never had on Voices of Construction, which is really, really interesting.
1: Um, This is uh, is something very important.
0: Yeah. So I wanna I wanna switch gears a little bit. Um, maybe selfishly, uh, I'd love to talk about the the change in the industry, especially in in Tel Aviv and in your experience. I've you know I've been there and and it's been a while now, but I know not only technology companies but industry and everything is is booming in your part of the world. Um, tell me a little about your experience, kind of living and breathing the change of that city.
1: Okay, so. Uh... Our uh, main offices are based uh, in, a, in a city called Ramat Gan. It's like it's uh, two kilometers from Tel Aviv. So. Like, I remember as a child, there were. One, only one tall office, uh, one tall, sorry, one tall building in Tel Aviv. It was called a, a, a Shalom, like peace building, and it was uh, about the, I think 20 stores uh, high, that that, that was like 30 years ago. Since then, I think there are like about 100 uh, buildings which are like uh, 50 stories tall. So it's amazing what's happening here in Tel Aviv. Uh, Everywhere you can see um, those huge buildings. very smart uh, uh, environments in those buildings, um, all kind of uh, beautiful architectures. Um, it's it's all very like, a, uh, let's say, high-tech environment, like Tel Aviv is like a very big hub for startups, okay? So, uh, Israel is being called the startup nation. Uh, you have thousands and thousands of startups here within very uh, s- small and limited uh, area, so um, all the industry here uh, is built on f- fast, uh, facilitating those uh, needs of those uh, startup companies. That means that um, you can find, uh, let's say, lots of uh, offices which are uh, you know which are uh, small, let- let's say, open spaces, but um uh, uh, they are divided to those uh, small and very, very nice uh, offices for software companies. Uh, and you can find lots of, uh, you know, 20 years old, years old guys that just finished uh, uh, their university, uh, going with their bikes uh, to the to, uh, to their uh, office in Tel Aviv or in the suburbs. and. It's something that w- was not like 20 years ago. It was very, very different. Like all this uh, uh, startup nation, uh, 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 high tech scene uh, has job- jumped considerably in the in the last uh, 20 years, and it's changed also the way that the city looks like and the way that the construction looks like. Okay. By the way, there are 300. Construction technology startups in uh, in Israel, 300 in a in a, um, out of like a, our state we have like about eight million people. So 300 technology That's construction technology startups. Yeah, this is a lot. That that means that almost every building that is being built, you will have some kind of uh, pilots or ten pilots going on 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 the same building. Yeah. And (laughs) so,
0: and with that, with that change, it's interesting too, because there's, there's so much building going on and so much industry within technology. Is it, is it harder for these projects to find labor than it is to find technology? Is it, is it Mm -hmm. becoming a more prevalent profession to go to school for engineering and mechanical engineering because of the, the boom or do we see a, a labor shortage similar to kind of what we see here in the U.S.?
1: So the yeah, labor shortage is, is is the same same in Israel as, as it is in the U.S. Uh, it's always hard to find uh, guys that really understand construction. Um, and it's getting harder and harder. Um, that's why mo- most of the let's say construction tech companies starts with uh, unlike our company, it starts with those guys that work for construction, uh, for construction companies. And they are, uh, you know, they are, they are really frustrated with all kinds of issues and they try to find a way uh, to overcome it or a way to solve it for themselves and for others. So, so, Israelis, they like to improvise, they like to, let's say, uh, innovate. So, once so- somebody is onto some like a big issue, that he will always go to his friend and ask, What do you think? Can we do something about it? Let's call our friend. He's a, he's a mechanical engineer, let's call the electrical engineer, Let, let's think of something or uh, some kind of a solution, and then. Um, one second after it, boom! You have a start startup uh, uh, born.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, I, I it's it's an interesting kind of reaction and to what's going on, right? Because of the construction boom, because of technology companies, there's more construction, which creates more ideas for startups and feeds back into that. And it's kind of this yeah. cyclical idea right. of of a city where the more and more startups created, the more and more there is a need for infrastructure for those companies, more and more there is projects and construction going on and just around and round it goes, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and those though okay, so there are many successful startups in Israel. They become what you call unicorns. Okay, so those unicorns they bring lots of money. Okay, they they have lots and lots of uh, uh, money, and they are actually, uh, let's say, they can go to uh, let's say um, a building and they can take like ten stories only for themselves, doing like crazy renovation, having uh luxury stuff within their offices uh pools um i even saw so i've never i've never heard yeah. that one i've been yeah, to some of these pools uh like i saw a basketball court with inside the office crazy 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 things and <laughs> so uh by the way we did some some of these offices we did their their layout and it, and and it was like crazy, uh, crazy thing. They they spent lots of money. So this is this also changed the way uh, the environment looks like, or 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 the way that the work environment uh, look like. Because once those those with the big money are doing uh, like these fancy things, they also the small startups and other businesses they, they want to be at least closer to that. So so they change and, and spend more money. Uh, um, uh, yeah, they they want to be competitive for the talent yeah, pool. Yeah, they want to be right? competitive. They want to get the, we, the best- We also here. give
0: you free snacks and we also yeah. have a basketball yeah. court. Um, perfect. So I, I know we're coming up on the, our time here together. Um, I just wanted to kind of ask you one last question. And, and I ask most of our guests this this question as well is, you know, where where do you see technology going? I mean, with 300 context startups in Israel, um, you might even have a better idea than us here in the US. But where do you where do you see construction going? Is it is it a positive road forward? Um, what kind of hardships do we see, um, and and are you excited about it? Are you are you worried about it? Um, kind of go from there.
1: So I would say I'm very excited about it, and 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 I think uh, the change is already happening. It is a slow change. It's not a, a, an industry that will change uh, in a day. The hardest thing for the startups and the technology. Is not just the product, but it is the go-to-market, and the go-to-market is really about, um, you know, all the decision-makers, especially in the big construction industry, especially the G- the big GCs. Uh, they need to take more risk and more responsibility in order to let this change happen faster. Uh, so. They started with all the innovation team, every like big GC has an innovation uh, uh, team, and it, it goes there slowly, we see the change and I think, uh, but I think that in five years, it will even go f- faster and faster. So we'll see this kind of exploding uh, change.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I'm I'm really wondering and waiting for the, the moment where we kinda cross that bridge and all of a sudden it's just running at a thousand miles an hour and and tons and tons of things are happening. But I wanna I wanna thank you for taking the time um this evening to to jump on. Um it's been great talking to you. I am encouraged by what you guys are doing. I, I love the idea that you've you've approached a problem. That is that is in the field with a, a lens of how it can benefit the office as well. Um, I I hope we can talk a lot more um, as we kind of grow in this industry. And and it's been it's been an absolute blast speaking to you today.
1: Thank you, Noah. Thank you for your time. Thank you for the great uh, discussion and the opportunity uh, to talk about uh, the things that uh, interest uh, us.
0: Yeah. And, and lastly, where can people kind of find find your technology? Where can they find you online?
1: So they can find us online in LinkedIn or in our web. It's uh, lightx.com. Liteyx.com. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you very much.